You're listening to episode 77 of the Dawson D Show and our second interview from London, and today we're chatting with West End star Ryan Hudden. Ryan is currently one of the leads in the UK's much-beloved Only Fools and Horses musical, playing the role as Rodney Trotter at the Royal Haymarket Theatre. And guys, Doss and I agreed that this was one of our favourite interviews we've ever done. We chatted about the show and the immense pressure felt when they decided to turn one of England's national treasures into a West End musical. Ryan shared what it's like performing in front of comedy legends such as Ricky Gervais and working alongside Paul Whitehouse all at the age of just 24. Ryan told his incredible story of being a gifted footballer but not quite being able to fulfil his dream and the bitter pill he had to swallow, and how he found acting and the determination he displayed to make it in a very competitive industry. You'll be inspired as Ryan shares the days of working four jobs to pay the rent and even setting up his own theatre company to give himself an opportunity of one day making it. And of course that magic moment when he landed the role as Rodney Trotter. Ryan opened up about the other side of the lights and how he got through performing when he was struggling with his personal life. He told us about the sacrifices he's made, relationships lost and events he's missed due to his demanding job of performing six days a week. On top of all that, Ryan had some incredible wisdom to share. We talked about why fear holds us back, taking a leap to follow your dreams and the power of dedication that will lead to success. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode and Ryan's relatable, charming and hilarious personality. And if you're in London, go and watch Only Fools and Horses. I did and it was one of the greatest experiences I've had and I can't recommend it enough. But for now, sit back and enjoy the one and only Ryan Hutton. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. Well, D, we've walked into the room and our guest has walked in as well. And I thought to myself, why didn't I bring my golf clubs? <laughs> Me because... too, mate. Yeah, I would have loved to hit, but I think our guest is probably better than we are. I think so. I don't know. I don't know, boys. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, I just bought that new drive and I was like... Does this make me look like I'm good? You know, like, does this make me look like I can play? And yeah, if that's the case, yes. I'm fine, because golf is all about sort of, like, pretending to look like you know what you're doing. Well, our <laughs> guest is uh, the one and only Ryan Hutton. Ryan, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me on, boys. Mate, it's a thrill to have you on the show. We've got so much we want to discuss with you. But I actually went and saw Only Fools and Horses a couple of weeks ago, mate. Nice. And... Uh, We'll talk a bit about it later, but I grew up watching the show, which is a bit rare in Australia, but with my English parents' background, nice. I was able to uh, see it and love it. And mate, you were the star, I thought. You were you. so spot on with your character as Rodney. But what's it like being in that show? It's such a big deal in England. Everybody's seen it. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for your nice comments, mate. Uh, do you know what? It's amazing, scary. The pressure is, as you know, it's like a sort of a, a real national treasure. It's yeah. one of those things which here in the UK we sort of hold on to and it's a thing which everyone from lots of generations, maybe my generation and the next generation, probably the last to have sort of grown up with it, but yeah. it's the thing that you sit around the television, you watch over Christmas and stuff, you know, so when you get that, when you, I got the email come through saying we're doing this sort of thing, first thoughts are, oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, why are we touching that? Yeah. But also, yeah. I do need a job. <laughs> I need to work. So doing it is incredible. And doing it right now after 
been off for 18 months with COVID from it, coming back to it and performing to people and feeling that joy and also feeling people releasing in the room like, that sounds weird, but you know, like people <laughs> like, you know, people allowing themselves to go, the fear's gone slightly and for that two hours we're in that theatre so we can just enjoy ourselves with people close by, you know, like we've been... Spent about, I don't know, a year ago, you'd walk past people in the street and you'd go, maybe, I mean, personally, I did slightly and I know other people did. The fear was there and you sort of, we we didn't have that social proximities and sort of close with each other. So doing it every night is amazing. I love it. You mentioned before touching something that's almost Mm. royalty, right? Like Mm. you don't want to touch it. What was, the pressure must have been, you know, because you're going from, it's this, incredible show that's like you said for generations on generations i never watched the show mm-hmm. but d's told me all about it mm-hmm. to turn it into a musical mm. you know on west end into a mm. theater show you know that that's ballsy in it itself is. it is we were lucky because there was the original writer john sullivan who sadly passed away who was a genius by the way probably what he'd done with so many series and timeless stuff and very sort of forward thinking in the the matters they were talking about he always wanted to make a stage show of it so he'd actually written a couple of songs with Chaz from Chaz and Dave as an idea and then he sadly passed away and then his son Jim and Paul Whitehouse who plays granddad in it came together and wrote it themselves so without the sort of blessing from the Sullivan Estate, who are the family who created this idea that everyone loves so much. Without the blessing of them and the BBC, I don't know if it would have done as well, you know? Mm. But if the idea was already there from John in the first place to do it, how amazing to then, I don't know, 20 years later or whatever, to then go on and do it, you know? But again, as you said, it really is a national treasure and everyone was apprehensive but then I suppose people come at the start because they're interested. Yeah. At the beginning, we had the, the super fans. Yeah. Because they're probably coming, with, and some of them are going, we'll go and support, but also it's probably not going to be very good, you know? Like, yeah. because how, how can you fit X amounts of series into a two hour show? Mm. And then, luckily, for the most part, it was, well, it's been received very well, you know? Like, yeah. it wasn't meant to last that long, and we're still selling out, so. Yeah, I mean, the nerves were there. I was nervous it for lots of different reasons, obviously, because you're taking on, I'm going, right, I'm now going to be the only the second ever person to play Rodney Trotter. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What do I do? Like, actually, what do I do? So I ended up just locking myself in a room and just watching it again. Yeah. For, like, months. <laughs> it's such a nostalgic experience. Like mm. like you said, you, you fit in two hours so many references over so many series. Yeah. Follows a great storyline with new jokes, but I got a couple of questions. Firstly, have you met or spoken to Nicholas Lindhurst? Yeah. And secondly, we were looking at some of the guests that were coming to watch the show at the start. One of our all-time favourites, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. We saw a photo with you two. <laughs> that was mental. Uh, I want to yeah, ask, weird. what's it like? No, did you know he was going to be there? What's it like performing for somebody like that? And of course, the the cast. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. So for, no, we haven't met um, Nicholas Lindhurst or David Jason. Mm-hmm. Which in some ways is a shame because I would love to as a fan. Like, this is just me coming from an actor going, I would love to meet both of them because I think as craftsmen of the art, they're like, they're insane. 
Yeah. Like, you watch it back sometimes. I mean, over Christmas, it's always on, and I'm like, they're so good. Not that, I mean, over Christmas, I'm like, I do do it eight times a week, and now I'm watching it at home. I need to just drop it at some point. Um, but we haven't met them. I, they, they've both been supportive of the show. Cool. Which is nice. And, you know, they spent many years doing it, and we wouldn't be able to do it without them making it what it was in the first place. Sure. So... We respect whatever they have to say, but there's always always talks. People are like, why do you get Dave, Jason, Nicholas, and Hudson? I'm like, if they came to watch, no one would be looking at the stage. Everyone would be like this. What, what, what's Nick thinking? You know, what's yeah. David Jason? Oh, he's just thinking? had a drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh my god, he just took a sip from his wine. He just took a sip from his wine. <laughs> so we've had lots of people from the original cast come and support us. Yeah. John Chalice, who played Boise, was mm-hmm. very supportive, and also just to rest in peace, passed away late last year. Was iconic in the series mm. but also like just very supportive of it from the start so that was lovely Vicky Jr oh mate I mean all of that stuff was just mental it's my first sort of big gig you know mm. like mm. and I was just like I'd come off stage every night and be like what is going on like just with the audience like how have I ended up here like really counting my blessings there was never a moment I'd like any time I'd feel myself naturally when you do it so many times a week you'd go oh bit tiring and then instantly my brain would go Ryan you you didn't work for a year and a half before this you know like Mm. look at what you're doing and I still think like that but meeting people like Ricky Gervais and I don't know like Bill Nye and there's all these amazing actors was crazy the Ricky Gervais one was mental because the guy who plays Dell Tom Bennett have you seen Afterlife yeah, I love, I love it. The third yeah. season just came out. I haven't yeah. started it yet. Yeah, but. it's good. I watched it on Sunday, which was lovely. I watched it with a curry and was sort of crying <laughs> you, the whole time. You guys love curries here, don't we you? We do love yeah, curries. I'm yet to try... Uh, really? Curry, oh, man, we'll go out for a curry. I we'll tried go. the fish and chips with curry sauce. Now, I like that. Yeah, did you like that? Yeah, I loved it. Did you have mushy peas? Yeah, loved did that you? too. No. No? No, no, no. no. Lots no. of salt and vinegar? No, I didn't. I didn't really? have any. Oh, you got to have them. I like when my like I get my chips and like cover them in vinegar and then put salt on. It's like my chips are like oh, wet. Yum. That's weird. Isn't it? <laughs> it's like weird. That's like baby it's a bit food. Weird, Ryan. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so afterlife with a curry. Afterlife with a curry. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. You'll probably end up crying. I was like, again, my only day off, and I'm crying into my curry. <laughs> but he'd work with him, and he'd managed to get them in. They're very close. They've worked with each other a couple of times and he was like Ricky's in just like dropped it at warm up and we're like oh Ricky like Ricky who like I'm thinking like what, what Ricky's that and he's like Ricky Gervais and we're like oh right, okay oh. Ricky Gervais like sweating like warming up extra hard like here we go like I'm about to go and fight someone you know yeah. like here we go but you have to just do the same show as anything but he, yeah. he, he it's his first ever musical he'd, he'd been to Ricky really? came with his girlfriend Jane and he was and it's the first show that he'd ever seen like musical wise and he loved it yeah. he was up in a box so the audience couldn't see him but we could see him but also he's got that laugh so we could hear him laugh you're kidding yeah we could hear him laugh and then like she going oh he's, he's enjoying it he's enjoying it but then sometimes it would be a joke and he wouldn't laugh and you go oh my god oh, he's no. hating it he's hating it he doesn't oh. think I'm funny but you know like he was a lovely guy yeah and he's is such an individual in it like mm-hmm. you know like everything the way he thinks very unique very yeah. unique i love that i find people like that fascinating yeah like doesn't want to have he's with jane he's been with us years but he 
doesn't want to get married and doesn't and I find that really interesting and you doesn't know want like, to have kids doesn't want to have kids because why would he bring them into this world and you yeah. know like the whole like he supports animal rights and just a very very talented serious atheist <laughs> serious atheist yeah I mean you should get him on we here get, boys. we get it Ricky we get it he's one of our dream guests yeah I bet he was yeah. so yeah again another just like a weird bucket list moment in my yeah. life that ticked off and then you just sort of sit on the bus home being like staring at the pitch like wow that's me with Ricky like it's crazy weird it's weird I find it weird but you know how did it all start I mean like the the passion to become an actor did you do theatre growing up or did you more do acting or was it mm. like has music been the passion what, what was the itch I don't really know I've always I didn't do acting growing up I started acting when I was about 16 15 probably actually I was playing football. I was just sportsman. Mm. I was playing football for like my local county team district, and I was playing like two or three years above for my brother's team. And then we, I was playing for a team called Cambridge United. Oh, yeah, playing for them as a youth player. What position? Um, started as a striker. Um, very fast. The big number nine. <laughs> big number yeah. nine. Yeah, uh, but I was like this little scrawny, like little whippet, <laughs> banging in goals every week. Like, yeah, I'm great. It's awesome. <laughs> and then everyone grows up and starts getting bulkier, and I'm like. I ended up going to play centre-back. But anyway, I went to Norwich and I got scouted. Went on a six-week trial there. And Norwich were in the Premier at that mm. point. Anyway, we ended up being in the youth academy there. So wow. pretty intense, you know. We're, I lived an hour and ten minutes away. So we were training in Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Saturday mornings. Then you'd play on a Sunday. But we were playing like London teams. Mm. Like we'd be getting the bus up to play Arsenal, Chelsea, you know, West Ham. West Ham Youth Academy was the best team you'd ever play. They used to, we'd start flying us over to play Man United. What? It was a completely like, this. Uh, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And I truly believed that's what I was going to do. But then we get to, like, you get to about under 16 level, people start growing into men. You know, and I had a couple of injuries, but if I was being honest, I could look around me and see, like, I'm not at that level. You know, like Raheem Sterling? Yeah, of course. I'll quite use QPR player. Yeah, exactly. So when we played QPR, played against him, and he was, I think he scored like five or six goals, and I was marking him. And you just look at your level, even at that (laughs) age, and I'm like, I'm not this good. Like, this is a different level. Mm. And that was like a weird bit of pill to swallow, because I'm like, right, what do I do? Mm. Do I find my, like, just find my feet and, like, find my level within football and just go, I'll make a living out of it somehow? Or do I go, scrap this, let's think of something new and try and achieve something different? Yeah. And I was always quite theatrical with just being a kid and, like, putting on weird shows for my parents and stuff and, you know, like, doing funny voices and whatever. Great dance celebrations when you scored. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was always... I mean, I never scored when I got past the age of 14. But if I did, I was, like, everywhere. Like, I had a whole routine played out. <laughs> so, I remember saying to my dad, like... Well, my friend was auditioning for Romeo and Juliet at school. And he was like, can you just come and read it? And I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. Mm. Like, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, I'll come read it in, whatever. Like, <laughs> like yeah. whatever, mate. The girls like, aren't watching, are they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't tell the boys, please, mate, please. So I go out reading in. She's like, oh, Ryan, like, you read that really well. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, miss. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, she's like, do you want to come back in? I'm like, in my heart going, yes, 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 yeah. yes. I love it. I love wow. this. I love this. And then ended up just going back and sort of just start from there, really. Yeah. And then went to drama school for three years. Took me a couple of years to get into that. And then just trained for three years and then 
Yeah, and then left drama school, then you come into the real world, and you're like, well, here we go, this is where the grind starts. Mm. Yeah. And here I am with you too. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you, it's you, it's you, our pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> you've just reached the pinnacle, Ryan, now that you're on this podcast. Um, so I want to ask too, like those years from leaving drama school to getting the role as Ronnie mm. Only Fools of Horses, what are those in-between years like? What are you doing in terms of also just work to, yeah. to make money? I would love to know. Oh, so All it's that. it's you, you talk to any actor and it's like when you're not working you're trying to just pay the rent. I mean you boys get it. You're just trying to like. So I was in my second year of drama school. I started a theatre company with my best mate. Oh, cool. So our whole thing was like let's not wait for the phone to ring when we leave. Let's not wait for our agents to get in touch. Let's not wait for an audition to come through. Let's just do it ourselves. And with that, we sort of learn. The other side of the industry where it was like you have to producing side and finding a space and writing a piece and casting it and getting people to come watch it, reviewers. So I learned so much from just throwing ourselves into that deep end. So when when I graduated, alongside from what was I doing? I was I did all sorts. I was making milkshakes at Bar and Burger. Then I turned into a waiter there. And then I worked for a company called Q20, thanks Q20, where I dress up as like, how do I put this? Dress up as like characters, like child characters, <laughs> like Tweedledum and Tweedledee, yeah, in oh, no. weird like remote places in England in shopping centres and have like kids come over and like take pictures with me oh, while oh. I'm like hung over to hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, like really struggling. That's amazing. Well, there was like one character, I played like Gordon the Globe. And I was like, what even is this Gordon the Globe? And I'm like, in this costume. And it's only my arms out. I'm like in this sweating. Like I've probably had like two or three hours sleep. I'm just out. And there's like my mates, like my minder. So he has to just basically hold my hand. So like I know where I'm going. Yeah. And then he's like pulling me around the shop and saying, I can't even see anything. I'm just like, just what is going on in my life right now? And then like every now and again, the kid would come over and go, Break me in the shin so I'm like nah. I'm like James you got to tell that kid to stop doing that mate like the hangover is bad enough like please please like and there were so many things that like, I was doing that I was probably working like three or four different jobs you know Wow. ended up selling flowers for a company mm. where you just get like this butcher's bite they put flowers on the front and they drop you off at random locations and you try and stop people in the street and be like do you want to like sign up for the flowers and Ooh. that was great that was very fun because I got to travel with it but also it was all commissioned. So if I didn't sell anything, I didn't make any money. Yeah. Which is just like this weird... It's a really weird thing when you leave drama school because you end up having just to work six days a week probably to pay the extortionate rent in London, which leaves you zero time to sort of network and go and see theatre and and keep practising your craft... And then it also leaves you no time to create. And then if you do get an audition through, it's like, well, I'm working a double shift. I finish at 10. It's got to be in by 8 a.m. tomorrow. You have to get your mate round and you have to just like set up a tripod and get the, some light. And it, I don't know. It's a real sort wow. of struggle, you know. And it's still the same now. I'm very lucky that I'm in work. But like when I leave Only Fools, it will be the same thing after them find another job, you know. It's very much what separates the people that make it versus the people that don't. Yeah. Because the people that don't, you know, they're trying to do all the same, but they just can't do it for long enough. Right. That sounds like it's just, you just got to be consistent. Yeah. And also graft, you know, there's like, there is a massive element of how much do you want it? Mm. Yeah. Which sometimes is detrimental, especially for me. I've found coming from a sporting background, 
I could want something too much. Yep. That it becomes competitive. You don't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if I was going for an audition, I'd put in so much work, but they'd see that when I walked in, when I first left drama school, they'd see that I wanted it too much. Really? And most of the time, in maybe other walks of life, they'll go, oh, you know, like, it was sweet. You could tell he's put the work in. But it, I think in performing arts, they want someone who's knows, who's comfortable in their skin, you know, who's ready to sort of do what they're doing and isn't too keen. Which is a tough thing with acting because there's certain jobs which will change your life. Yeah. You could get an advert and it would change your life forever. And then you're telling me at like 18 to walk in there and go, just be cool. And I'm like, off. Yeah. What? Yeah. Have you seen how much this is? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, this will change my life. So I go in there and I'm like, hello, everyone. <laughs> like, God, you look lovely. What's your name? Like, love your dress. Like, you're, everyone's cool in here. Got a lovely room, like sweating. And I get to walk out and I'm like, oh, I just messed that up big time. Now, now I've found my feet and I've matured a little bit. Like, I'm still erratic, but it's about sort of going and finding what you're good at and sort of sticking to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it sounds like you're very proactive. Mm. And that's what, again, as Doss mentioned earlier about what sets you apart, the fact that you set up your own... Yeah. Well, how did you describe it? Your own company or your yeah, own... Yeah, I fit a company. Yeah. yeah so. And that's like, that's incredible to hear. I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing that. Yeah. So when did you get the invitation to... Or how, how was the process? Did you audition? Did you yeah. get an invitation? Was it through an agent? So all auditions go through your agent. So like basically a casting breakdown will go out on a thing called Spotlight, which is yep. just sort of like the network system where every actor's on, not every actor, but you, you have to be on there. And then audition breakdowns would go on to them. Came up with Only Fools and Horses, the musical. And then it wasn't for any part. It was just, can your client come in and sing two songs? Okay. And I was selling flowers at the time, as I said. And I thought... I know they're not seeing me for any characters, but I could do a Rodney. Yeah. You know, I could do it. I could see myself, like, and I, and there's nothing wrong with being part of the ensemble. I would have been happy with that, but yeah. I thought, I'm just going to chance it. So I got some, like, blue trousers. I actually got my dad to send me one of his, like, shirts, which is a little <laughs> bit like Rodney, and, like, this green jacket. He's famous for, like, the army camo yeah. jacket. And I went into the waiting room and everyone was in their, like, nice shirts and, like, boots and looking really cool. And I was sat down with, like, my Rodney costume on with my <laughs> hair like Rodney. And, like, wait, I had, like, a Madness song prepared and a song from Matilda the Musical. And I sort of went in there. Sort of just got on a level with them. They obviously saw what I was trying to do. Sang my songs. Didn't know how it went. But when we went in there, it was really nice because... There was like six or seven of them on a panel. Yeah. And they're like, what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing Madness. But they were, sometimes you walk in and it's quite us and them. Mm, you know? Yeah. They're like, so what are you going to sing? Like head down. You're like, oh, I'm, not that you're looking, but you know, I'm going to sing something. Close your eyes if you want. Um, <laughs> um, but these guys were just sort of like really sort of connected straight yeah. from the word go. Anyway, sang the song. Didn't expect anything because I've been auditioning for a year and a half and there was nothing coming in. Sort of starting to lose hope with it all, to be really? honest. Starting to struggle with the idea that I can't do this and the rejection was getting too much. But to a point of when I was like, maybe I just try something else for a bit. And then I went through this like weird sort of thought process for about two or three months and come to the conclusion that there is no plan B, you know, this is it. 
you've dedicated your life like what you've just spent three years at drama school you've got a theatre company there is no other option something has to give at some point whether it's me or whether I get a job so that came the audition came through which is like you know like the world sometimes just being like there you go Mm. which happens you know like sometimes when you're like at your lowest low Mm. the world just sort of throws something at you and you're like oh maybe that's it so anyway did the audition got a recall for Rodney Wow. So they were like, senior client, can you come in and read Rodney? I was like, brilliant. So it sort of worked. Went in, read some of the scenes, just by myself and a couple of the people. Was trying the voice. It was very sort of, maybe a bit too far at the beginning, but she was like, okay, just tone this down. Yeah. Then she, I left them because I wasn't expecting anything. Then got was like, right, they want to see you again. So I went in and then when I went in that time, it was the guy who was playing Dell. Yeah. So he was like there. I was like, oh, hi, mate, I'm Ryan. He was like, I'm Tom. I'm like, you play, reading for Dell? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're reading for Rodney? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, mate, how are you feeling? He's like, yeah, this is weird, isn't it? I was like, yeah, this is weird, mate. This is so weird. I was like, anyway, should go and do it. So awesome. we, yeah, this is so weird. And then, so we did it. Got on really well. Like, that's like also a big part. I think yeah. what they're looking for is chemistry between people that you work for. Because these long contracts, like you sign on for a year, like people have to get on. You're doing it eight times a week. You're with each other six days a week. Yeah. You see each other more than you see your family, really. So, you know, it's one of those things where when they're casting it, they have to go, this person and this person's going to yeah. fit. We did it, and then we left for, that's it. They probably got 10 Rodneys behind me, okay. mm-hmm. you know. And then I got called back again. Wow. And this was like the fifth time. More people there every single time. There's more of the, oh, you know, really? the big producers there. Oh, okay, and. Yeah. Paul Whitehouse was there for one of them, like, and he's obviously written it. I'm like, I was a massive Paul Whitehouse fan anyway. Yeah. Had a good chat with him. And then it was left. And then I got a call saying, you've got your final audition. And it was me and another guy going up for Rodney in in the same room and a couple of other people for different characters. And they're sitting there going, right, okay, so it's me and him. It's me and this guy. And I remember, do you know what? This is weird. I still remember this. We walked into the room and I was still dressed as Rodney in this horrible shirt, which I've still got. I'll keep that forever. And I walked in and he went, oh, hi, Ryan, how are you? I was like, yeah, good, thank you. And I was like, what have you been up to? And I was like, not a lot, you know, just sort of waiting for this. Like, my whole life depends on this, really. We didn't say that, but I was yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just sort of like, just chilling out, really. And they went to this guy next to me. I don't know his name. They were like, oh, hi, mate, what have you been up to? And he's like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, just had, um, just had a baby last night. And I was like... I was like, oh God, that was good. They've won him over. Oh, yeah, I know, him do you know what I mean? They were like, no way. They're all getting up congratulating him. And I was like, I mean, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, <laughs> did you, have you really had a kid? You know, have you just made that up? Like, can't you really, I mean, you don't look like you've just had a kid. But like why? Was my guess today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should get exactly. him on. But um, he, yeah. Anyways, we did that. Walked away and was like, it's done. It's done. I went straight to work. I actually had a little beer afterwards and just went straight to work. I was like, okay, Ryan, it'll be what it'll be. Two days go past, they call me up, they need to see you again. And I'm like, this is the seventh time or like the sixth wow, time. Crazy. And I'm like to that agent, like, please just tell them like, I can't I can't do anything more. But we went to the theatre. They were like, can you go to Theatre Royal Haymarket? And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> go in there. They're like, Ryan, we'll see you now. I walk down through the box up onto the stage and Paul Whitehouse is there, sat as granddad. Wow. And Tom's there as Dell. And they're like, and I'm like, Paul's there. I'm like, hi, right, mate. And he's like, because I had no idea he was going to play granddad. He just wrote it. Oh, okay. So I, it was never on the cards. And then 
he's there reading in and I was like are you playing granddad he's like yeah and I turned around and I was like oh my oh god my like potentially about to play like being a family with like Del Rodney granddad with like Paul Whitehouse one of the most like loved comedians in yeah. the UK and then anyway we read it all said thank you whatever wished him like good luck with it all like whatever happens went home it was a really sunny day do you know Peter Kay no. like a comedian Ended up going home. Actually, I think I do. You need a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I'll edit that out. But yeah. I, guess, yeah, I just want to make sure I'm the right. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah he's, he's a bigger guy. <laughs> I, know, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. He's hilarious. And I was just trying to occupy my mind and not think about anything, you mm. know. It was actually during the Euros when England were doing really well. I sat home. About two hours went past. I was drinking a couple of beers. Just, yeah, whatever. Got a call from my agent being like, yeah, you got it, mate. Wow. Oh, my God. And I was like thinking... Sorry, what? And he was like, yeah, that's it. They wanted you. And they were like, it was really only you from like the second audition. But they just needed to try her out with different people. And I was like, that's amazing. But they could have told me that because I was a nervous wreck for the last month. Yeah. Um, and then tried to call my girlfriend, tried to call my dad, tried to call my mum. No one would pick up. So it was just me and Peter Kay on the laptop, like in the sunny day. Like, I'm just in my pants in my flat going like, what the hell oh. is going on? And then, yeah, ended up going through and sort of everything sort of changed from there, really. Wow. That's amazing. You've, yeah. So you've done it for a couple of years, or take away the, the COVID situation, yeah. but say before that, and now you mentioned also after it, when this finishes, mm. are people, or have you felt people go, get a real job, or you, mm. you should get a real, like, go and get, like, have you ever felt yeah. any of that from friends or people, like, mm, yeah. it, it sounds like it's a real feast and famine life, like right. it's, you know, yeah. you're in the show for two years, <clears> and then you might not get another gig, I don't know. No, for sure, man, there is definitely, luckily with my family, and my friendship group, they're very sort of supportive and they're right. all quite creative. My family aren't, they're not really creative. They haven't come from the sort of arts world at all. There is definitely people that I know that are like, that's not going to last forever. You know, what that what you're doing now is not sort of sustainable because it's, oh wow, you're in a great job now, but then you leave. But that really is, that's the job, you know. Mm. That is it, really. I might not work for a while, but... What do you do? Like, what, what you can't, in your, in your mind, you can't ever sit there and go, you have to savour every moment from, and I really do, especially right now, because a lot of my mates who are actors aren't working because of COVID. And I'm very lucky to have come out of COVID and still have my job. I do count my lucky stars every time I'm on that stage. And you have to savour it. But then also you have to be like, this is just a stepping stone to like the next yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. This isn't the end. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever do anything better. And there's like, like there's times I'm like, have I peaked too early? <laughs> like, because what is going on? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's one of those careers where I also believe that you either have make your career out of being really good at auditioning and knowing certain people and just being that sort of character that's gorgeous male who's huge who can go into game of thrones or whatever your work because you look a certain way and you can act or a lot of the jobs that i did prior to only falls was from people i've worked with in the past who have invited me back in because they know i'll, I'll put the work in and they know i've got a good work ethic and i'm reliable and mm. i think that's a different way of the industry which maybe people don't think about a lot especially young actors is like oh, i need a big break it's like yeah you do need a big break but also there's Plenty of jobs out there which aren't huge, but you get to sort of fine-tune your art and you meet a lot of people. You never know who's watching. 
Yeah. You never know who's watching. Huge, and you, huge believer in that. Yeah, and you never know who's talking to who and who's going to recommend you, which is also a massive thing. Just be nice to everyone. Mm. Even if they're not nice to you, just bite the tongue because... Not all the time. I mean, sometimes people need to be told. But, like, you know, there's going to be a time when that person is going to maybe be the one who's deciding if you're going to get the job or not. Yeah. Everyone at the moment, especially now more than ever, is just gone through this such weird, weird thing. You know, and it's either going to do one or two things to you. It's either going to make you more empathetic towards people or maybe a bit bitter because... I don't know, like, maybe your life is being put on hold, but I feel like, I personally believe, if things are tough and you feel scared, like, giving love to other people sometimes helps, you know, for yourself. Mm. Like, helps you feel better. Yeah. Because you feel connected to other people. And I think that's a big thing within the acting world. Like, just be kind. Would you you say that's kind of been our way as a podcast too? Like, from the very beginning, it's just been about connecting yeah right. that's been our been, aim yeah, yeah it's i'm talking about it earlier we, we try and not think about downloads we try yeah. not think about numbers it's, yeah who's the next person that we can connect with mm. yeah meet? and build a relationship with like yeah. that's a big thing it's not about we, we i don't mind saying this and if you think it, i shouldn't i can cut this out but we even set timers on our phone mm. like weeks after interviewing someone to make sure that we've at least messaged them mm-hmm. and tried to set up some kind it's of... that because now it's going to send this... Oh, no, 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 no. when we message <laughs> you in six <laughs> weeks. Well, hang on. So tell me about this. I'm interested. Well, uh, so our big thing... Well, we can cut all this out, but it's about making sure that we're still connecting with yes. people. So it's yeah, like yeah, a reminder. Yeah. So it's like if we haven't organically reached out and seen how they're going and checked in but with them... But you know, it's weird you say that because on the cab... When I was in the Uber over here... I said, oh, I'm five minutes away. And he said, someone oh, will be there to greet you when you get here. And in my mind, I went, they're good people. Straight away. First of all, offering a coffee was lovely, but you didn't have to do that. But then saying, we'll be there when you arrive. Again, yeah. like just people, just knowing, you know, these, these things in life which seem simple, but people, but we don't always do. And sometimes mm. you can lose track of it because maybe what's, been, what's going on in your life, you then go, you start to lose these basic human values which you know which we should be doing all the time but but you get it see and that's the thing it's not about okay never speaking to well i'll just use our example because we can talk from our experience never speaking to the guests again thank you Um, yeah right please share our podcast see you later and that's it it's about actually building a relationship because we want to be friends with all these people like we we interview people we admire yeah so we these are the people we look up to so we want to connect with them and learn from them so you actually said the other night i think we're talking about all right who we want to interview this this year, right? And I, I said a name to D and I said, you know what? I, actually, I don't care about... I just want to be friends with this person. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't even want to interview him. I just want to be mates with him. Yeah, and that's so such let's a- get him on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is our in. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, you know, like we're sitting here talking and I don't know how long we'll talk for and I don't know how long you've talked to your guests to before, mm. but you talk to people who you haven't met before for a certain amount of time about stuff which you probably don't talk about a lot exactly. and then you go oh I see you thank you and you're like that's not normal that's so true no, exactly like, right but then also maybe that is normal yeah. and maybe we should all like be a bit more you know when you're in a pub and there's a there's a couple next to you or there's a group of people next to you and 
sometimes you see it with the older generation, they'll lean over and have a bit of banter yeah. with you. But I feel like with my generation, it's a bit like whoop, us and them, you know, like, yeah. and it's just like, just turn around and say, just have a chat. Yeah. Well, you it's, know, there's a big difference between looking for something we have in common, which could be love of football, if yeah, anything, right. or, or where we grew up or <laughs> the country we both yeah. born in like whatever it is there's got to be some there's going to be something we have in common mm. even if it's not a lot versus yeah. what do we have that's different and mm. that's i think you're right especially with our generation it's a lot of us versus them if you're in a group of six blokes in a pub and there's yeah. another group of six blokes in the pub it's always you're always trying to pick out For sure it's, For i sure. don't know if it's tribal or what it is but i don't know well as simple as i don't know these sound like things you do them out of the goodness of your heart because mm-hmm. you that's the all right who do i want to be as a person yeah uh, I, i'm a this is who I am. Mm. But on the other side of that, it's, <laughs> you don't like saying it, but it's business. You, you're like, yeah. Remembering someone's name could get you that job. Exactly, man. Or, or remembering their kid's name could get me in. Or, sort of, yeah, and, yeah. That's, and that is the Basic way. Basic stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. You know when you meet people along the, like your journey of life and you go like, you, you relate to them in certain aspects and you go like, that, that sort of stuff. Like you boys get it. On my level, you get it. Like, other people go, all oh, right, you know, that doesn't mean an awful lot to them, but the way I've been brought up, those little things like knowing, remembering people's names and, I don't know, dropping someone a text after you've met them saying, like, good luck with that or whatever, you know, like... And also, when you boys reach out to me, i like, of course I was going to come on, you know, like, because I find what you're doing inspiring. Thank this, you. You know, Thank like, you, this man. is cool. Like, you've you've taken... A leap of faith. I mean, we're not on stage in front of thousands of people every week. <laughs> no, but, but you know, like, you see that, but like, you've gone out of your comfort zone to go and chase that thing. It's so important. I, I'm always trying to not be too comfortable, you know, with what I'm doing. When you t- when you get too comfortable, I can be comfortable when I'm 70, if I make it that far, mm. and I'm sitting in my pants watching Man United get beaten by QPR. <laughs> you know, like, I can that's, do... And that's, that's a part we're going to cut up and, and promote the show with. <laughs> no, please don't. All my mates will be like, excuse me, mate, what? Make sure you when QPR beat Manchester United in the Premier League, we'll, we'll play that back. Yeah. <laughs> when that day happens, we'll go and meet Thank for a pint, no matter where we are in the world, we'll do that. Um, <laughs> it will never happen. Yeah, probably um, not. It, it has to be 5-0. Um... <laughs> You know, where, where, where the hell was I? You know, bit, try not to be too comfortable and not to sound like it, it's a t- life's a ticking time bomb, but mm. like, now are the years to do this sort of stuff. We were talking about your brother mm. earlier, and mm. I'd love you to kind of share a little bit about his yeah. journey and what he's yeah. done. But that's what it's about. It is. Because life is a ticking time bomb. Like, you yeah. can say that because it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. And, and tomorrow's never guaranteed, and, you know, we know that. But, like, we look at our 20s. This is the chance. And look at you as well. It's like... Well, when I'm 30, mm. I want I want the I want the house with the picket fence and the kids. Yeah. And I want all that, yeah. but not yeah. yet. Like, no, yeah. and I will get it. Yeah, but this is the time to for sure to get after for sure. that. And you're doing that, you know. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I can do more. I can definitely do more. I think we can all probably do more. But um, it's a case of like I, I I find myself getting. Do you know what this is weird thing? Right, this is another. So the thing at the minute, which I've been sort of reading about and trying to get my head around, is is crypto, and I'm not getting mm. into crypto just yet. Like I just find this the, is his, this is his area. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you in crypto? Yeah. So yeah. I find that fascinating, and I find it fascinating because I was just uh, on some social media website the other day, and someone popped up and was talking about doing this live feed about all these different graphs and things, and I'm like, these are people who have educated themselves to financially better themselves in a world which is not completely new but is forever changing and evolving yeah. and 
to the, everyone, how many times have you heard people going, what even is crypto? Or what the hell is an NFT? You yeah. know? You know, and, and it's a case of people going like, no, 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 no. I'm going to put my time with my laptop or whatever, read some articles. And I love that. Yeah. Because it's a way where it's accessible to anyone. Correct. Anyone. Correct. And it's not about going, I have to go to university for five years and have this, I don't know, this CV that can allow me to get into that, which is a lot of what I guess the stocks and shares were anyway. But this is sort of similar. And I'm seeing success stories from people doing that. And some people might be going like, oh, well, you know, like people making this money from doing nothing. No, it's hours, you know. Yeah. It's people investing hours into that. It's growth mindset. And our predominant target market that listen to people in their 20s. Right. And we love to preach the message that now more than ever, than any other generation before, you have the ability to learn within reason yeah. basically anything. Anything. Have, it's all there. Yeah. It doesn't actually cost money. It costs no. time. Yeah, but yeah. But it's all there for you. Like yeah. I, I've been learning languages for two and a half years Amazing. because it's there. Because yeah. I don't, I haven't paid a cent. Yeah, but yeah. I've paid a lot in time. Things like stocks, shares, yeah. crypto—that's things we learn. But it's like <clears throat> within reason, mm. you have the ability now to go out and achieve. Like there's blueprints everywhere for sure. If you're committed, yeah, well, that's it. People, that's it. People love blaming that. Mm. Yeah, it's, I didn't get on that crypto because it was he got in. At, he got in at the right time. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But there's another crypto. Exactly. And there's another one that's going to go. Exactly right. And it's like, anyone can be involved. I find it fascinating. Mm. I used to be the guy who used to go, oh, like, well, yeah, you waxing, I don't know, ground into crypto 10 years ago. Good for you. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. But then it, but yeah. then it's like, I look at that person, now I look at that person and go, what made you do that? Like, just yeah. because there was a bit of harm around this thing and you go, now, do you know what? I'm going to do that. And I love that. Yeah. I'm going to take a punt. Yeah, we got to shout out our good friend Joe Richardson, who who was that guy that was in was early he? preaching yeah. in early days, and I'm like, nah, mate, this thing's gonna fall apart. Yeah. Now, now he's laughing. That's oh, mate, he's done well for himself. Uh, yeah, yeah, we just won't. Quietly. Yeah, just <laughs> quietly. And he's, yeah, and he's quiet about good it. Good for um, him, man. Yeah. I got a question too yeah. along yeah. these same lines, especially in what you're doing now. You said you're working six night, six days a week. Yeah, eight shows. Mm-hmm. I want to ask about sacrifice. Mm-hmm. What have you sacrificed in that time in terms of your friends or family? Yeah, and. Also, just another question off the cuff. On a Saturday night at, uh, at intermission, mm. are you checking the Man United score? So, <laughs> <laughs> mate, if it's a game on, I will. When I, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but if it's a big Man United game, I will be. I'll have it on. So when I come off stage from certain <laughs> scenes, I watch it and then I'll go back on and do the next scene. <laughs> it was so bad when, luckily, we was in, I mean, not luckily, but we was in COVID during the Euros because we got. I mean, I can't have thought of anything worse than being on stage in the final. Oh, when like when oh. England were playing, I I don't know what I would have done. I would have had to have just faked an illness or something because <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do that. I'm such a huge football fan. I would have had to have gone on with like my AirPod in, like listening to it or something. <laughs> <laughs> you just had someone in the crowd holding it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was funny though that when um Paul Whitehouse is a big Spurs fan oh, and he? yeah, and during the Champions League, I think it was two years ago when they played Ajax in the semi-final. Yeah, and they it made was, the final, didn't they? Oh mate, it was amazing. They scored like two late goals. They came out from yeah. like two 0 down, and Paul was in a foul mood for the show because he'd go and check the phone. It was two 0 down. Anyway, so we're on stage and he's on stage before me and I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, oh my God, they've just, they've just like scored two late equalizers or was it a penalty or something? And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to the final. And I'm on stage and I'm looking at Paul from afar and I'm like, I'm trying to get his attention. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like singing the song, but you can tell he's pissed off, you know? Like, yeah, he's like, no, like going for it. I'm like, oh my God. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, 
Come on! Like this. On stage, me and the song, everyone's like, ah. And then he's like, just go up the Spurs, up the Spurs. Everyone must have been like, what is going on? Okay, sacrifices. Yeah. Sacrifices are. You know, there there is there is sacrifice and again it's one of those things where I could sit there and try and feel sorry for myself, but I think what I'm doing and the pleasure I get from it and like what specifically the show is outweighs the sacrifice, but don't get me wrong, like it's a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah. Six days a week, eight shows a week. There's been breakups that I've been through, probably not not all because of it, but mostly probably family events you know not just being able to enjoy that those fun friday nights yeah or someone's wedding because when we have this holiday calendar and if i want to go off i'm not allowed to go off at any time that any of my understudies go off or like it's this whole sort of minefield of like not being able to do it but i, I don't know whether because playing football from a young age and training four days a week I'm like used to the sacrifice yeah. because I, I wasn't doing that when I was a kid either I was sort of like just I wouldn't go out on a Friday night because I had a game the next day and all sacrifice but I don't know it, it's, it's weird when you're in the world and you're doing it it just becomes normal mm. but there is an element of me that's going I got the job when I was 24 or 25 I think it was 24 with wow. Covid I'm like 27 now well, I, I just joined that club the other did day. You? Well, yeah. Welcome, bro. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I sit there and go like, I don't, I need, I have this so much I want to do, but I can't do it because I'm doing this, which I love, it can't last forever. But I suppose the sacrifices are things which, if you dwell on it too much, I would probably become really down. Really? Probably because... Like, my, my girlfriend at the minute, who is amazing, I met her a year and a half ago, and she gets it, you know. When we first met each other, we didn't tell each other what we did. We sort of just, which I found, like... I was, what website was this on, right? Clearly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, he's Tinder bio. Yeah. But, we, but we, we were, like, sort of chatting, and I was like, this, this is great. Like, I don't, I don't want her to know what I do. Mm. Because not that I'm like, oh, because 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 I saw he kisses someone on stage yeah, every that's night. It yeah, <laughs> it's actually her I'm going out with. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so she's amazing. She she gets it, and I, I would say we we met during the pandemic when we both just left our intense jobs, and we met, and it was like both needed that time off, even though it was a global pandemic. We both needed that a break, and we met each other, and it was amazing and it still is and it's one of those things where now i've gone back to work and we're like oh this is life now you mm, know yeah but we'd spent a year like traveling around and doing all these amazing things and that's a sacrifice yeah now which is like me going oh and she's like well what, can we do it can we go away this weekend and i'm like i can't because i can't get the days of holiday or i've used up all my holiday days or mm. those little things but again I'm lucky to be there. So I'd rather be there than have those sacrifices and not, you know. It's uh, the, sh- the short-term pain for that long-term gain. Yeah, that's, exactly. You, you, it's just why you do it. It's part of the it job. Is. Uh, it is part of the job. And it comes part... It is... Any t- it's, it comes with it, you know. Like, any time I'd like to think that, oh, this is ridiculous. I knew what I was getting into when I signed up. Yeah. What so. were the... Str- so you mentioned, like, say, you had previous 
breakups mm. was, mm. was and a lot of it was through that like you know, be open to sharing that or yeah yeah i guess i guess they were it, it played a part i was young still and i just got this job everything was exciting everything was new my ex worked days i worked nights and it was just that thing of going we are like passing ships in the night mm. at 24 you know like what this is no way to live like yeah. maybe if i was 40 and we had three kids we could live like this we'd known each other for years but it was fine it was a mutual breakup it was one of those things where we go before we start to despise each other and ruin like what the memories we have of each other let's just end it now mm. and you go do your thing i'll go and do my thing and mature for 24 very yeah. mature yeah <laughs> That's a nice quote. Mature. For, we should all get that tattooed. Don't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs a tattoo on this trip. He, yeah. he lost oh, a bet. Yeah. Lost a bet. Yeah. Oh no! Does it have to be anything? Or uh, we don't. We're, we're working out the fine details. It could be his name. It could. <laughs> I, I don't know where my body's going to be. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the listeners in tune for that. But yeah. I just want to ask too. Just when you're going through that stuff, then yeah. you expect it to go and perform. Mm. How does how does that affect you? Good question, man. Good question. It was... That was... Good question. That was a good question. Because, again, like, only... I I would say I'm quite open emotionally with certain people, but I don't really like to bring it into the workplace. Mainly because I don't want people crowding around going, you okay? Like, when I'm there to do the job, I I sort of want to just leave everything at the door. I think that's important with acting. I'm always like that with my theatre company. Any issues you've got, the second we come into the rehearsal room, you keep them... You leave them at the door because acting's not therapy. You know, I'm not, we're not doing this to make ourselves feel better. We do it because we love it, but you're also doing it because you've got to tell the story. Anyway, so that was a, it was a weird part of my life where I'd we'd broken up, wasn't like too destructive, ended up moving to Brighton with my really good mate, Bo, and then commuting into London every day. So it was about, probably about two hours door to door. So I'd get up, travel into London two hours, do the show, get the last train back, get in about 1am. And it was wow. mentally tough. You know, it was one of those points in life where I kept my head above water, but I could definitely feel myself going, you're struggling. Physically, my body started to do stuff which it'd never done before. Like, it was my body kicking out. Really? And yeah, and, and things were happening. And I was like, why is that happening? I'll never get ill. And I spoke to a couple of people and they were like, maybe it's like sort of delayed trauma. Like, you've just gone through a big thing that's happened to you. Nothing major. But I, it was the first time when I realised that you know, the, the body is a strange thing. The body is a bizarre thing when you go through stuff and it appears in different ways. It's not so apparent as like, you know, you cut yourself to bleed. It's like, and then after that, I, you have to start to look after, look after myself a lot more and not battle through everything. And, you know, like there'd be times when maybe because of my sporting background, I'd go, no, I'm not going off. People go, Ryan, just take a day off. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'd come in all the time with like a, maybe a sore throat or whatever. And they'd be like, no, seriously, Ryan, you don't get a medal for coming in. And it's so true. Now I've been there for a while. I'm like, no, if I'm not ready to perform and also for the paying customer, they're paying a lot of money. They should see people on their top form. With exceptions of like people who cry off all the time because they've made me like a bit over or whatever. You know, that, that was, it was, it was, it was a weird, weird time in life to try and just battle through it. But also one of those times which I knew I was in it and I was like, I'll always remember how tough this is. Oh, on, on the train back going, I'd like, I'd be listening to music on the way back going, I just want, I could sleep for a month right now. I'm like, or I could just cry for like whatever. Because of that exhaustion, but then also being above it all and going, 
this is a moment. This is only a moment. This isn't life now. You know, this is just a section and you will get through it. And again, having those people around me, which are good people, you know, good mates, my family. And I mean, you, you two have got each other, you know, like mm. it's one of those things where like you keep, you only need like a couple of people yeah. to keep you in those times, to keep you above water. That's um, incredibly powerful. Well said, mate. Yeah, mm. well yeah. said. And that, that is part of our luck too. You know, we live together. Mm. We laugh and... I've got his shoulder for when I need to cry. He's yeah, got yeah. my shoulder when he needs to have a cry. I cry more than him, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know. Good though, man. Like, yeah. good. You know, I feel like we are coming from that, this thing where people yeah. are like openly more like touch with their emotions. I'm fascinated, or not fascinated, I, I loved hearing you say that about the human body because mm. it can so relate. Yeah, um, man. You know, in terms of, pre, you know, past trauma, it's mm. amazing what can come out. Yeah. Um, I've struggled with health anxiety for the last couple of years. Really? Just... Just weird how yeah, the human weird. body works. Weird. And you try and explain it to people and people don't quite understand. No. But sitting on that train on the way back, understanding that a lot of people can't, they, they can't mm. rise above that. In that moment, mm-hmm. you know that it's just a moment. Right. How do you get to that? Because a lot of people will be feeling that moment and go, well, this is it. This is it now. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I think... Is it is it your family that have yeah, brought you up maybe. that way? Maybe. Or? I was just thinking that. I thought whether it's... Maybe, yeah, I'm very close to my dad. Like, my dad's my hero, as is my mum. You know, my family are the biggest inspirations in my life. And when something bad happens, it's a case of going, all right, mate, you know, this is sad. We're here for you for the next month or so and forever, but it will pass. And these, those sort of things, everything passes, you know, everything. Things stay for longer than others, I like grief or whatever, or and they'll resurface at different points, but... I think it was also a case of going, if I allow this to engulf me, I was scared about that. Not so much from the breakup, but just going, I'm really bad with change. I've always been really bad with change with anything. As a kid, I hated change. I don't like change now. And that was a change. And I knew potentially I was going to start freaking out. But I think it was sort of like survival mode, to be honest. What else do you do? Do I then start to dwell on everything too much and then... What's the knock-on effect from that? Like, my the show gets affected, then what happens to that? Like, I lose the job, and it's just crack on. Control the controllables. Control, yeah, exactly, exactly. This weird thing happened, just like details. My eye started to droop. My right eye was just like, and I'd wake up, and I became so, first of all, subconscious about it, and like, scared. Like, like Bell's palsy? Well, sort of. But I don't know what it was, mate. I mean, you look on Google, I'm like, oh. I know, I've got something bad, you know, like, yeah. I something really bad. Like, I've got a brain tumour. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm dead. That's yeah. it. It's <laughs> happening. It's happening. Oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> We've got another one. Yeah. It's this weird thing started happening and I drink like 10 coffees to be like, come on, I'll do that and it drop again. I'm like, what is going on there? Wow. And then I ended up having this conversation with this online doctor and she was like, how old are you? I was like 25, 26, whatever. And she was like, have you been in for trauma recently? I'm like, yeah, I've just had like a breakup. And she's like, oh, yeah. Kick men of your age have this thing where there's a nerve behind your eyes, yeah. which can. And I was just like, "What? What the hell? Yeah. How weird?" And she's like, "It's it's that. Like you're exhausted mentally. You're exhausted, and this wow. is your body telling you you need to slow down. And that's the best thing that ever happened because someone telling me, right, I need to slow down. Because I won't get it at work. A couple of people will be like, but that you know, you're at work and no one's going to be like, just go off. Yeah." 
They're in um, the industry, they're used to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, they're very supportive. They were very supportive of me over that time, but yeah, very strange. And then I sort of sort of went back to normal, thankfully. Because I actually thought, I was like, this is going to just stay like this forever now. Wow. Yeah. And what I find fascinating about it too is, like, even on the tube ride, we see your face every day on the tube. Right, no matter yeah. which station it is. <laughs> it's, it's got the funniest show in London. Like, that's... that's And you've got to go and perform a comedy show. Right, like, yeah. That's, to me... We'll, we'll show him the video. We'll yeah, we'll show you a video. <laughs> we'll just go yeah, and he's like... <laughs> Next to it. <laughs> but, um, mate, we've been going nearly an hour. I see. Uh-huh. It's been an incredible chat. Yeah. Um, and there's just been so much I've got out of it. I know Me you too. would have too, and, and all the listeners. I'm not going to let you go without a bit of Ronnie at the end. But yeah, yeah. one of my final questions, I'm sure you'll have a final question too, is what's your advice to to our demographic, our listener group, the the 20 something that are they've got that secret ambition in their mm-hmm. life. They yeah. they want to go for it, but something's holding them back. Whether it is that commitment of family or commitment of finance or commitment of whatever that is yeah do you have any advice i guess i mean this is me now sort of trying to even tell myself the advice you know even let let myself know and check in with myself to go you can't stand still and if you feel yourself standing still and you know when you're like yearning for like whatever that is it could be anything if you are you doing enough and I suppose the advice is, I can't say it because it's rude, but you know. You can say it. Okay. It's just like, fuck it. Mm. Seriously, fuck it. What's stopping any of us from achieving anything? Like anything. You were only, as we said earlier, you were one person away from being the right person. Yeah. And it's only fear. That's what it is. Or maybe you might get, you might embarrass yourself, but also again to that, fuck that. Who cares? And there's people you'll meet along the way who will be in the way of achieving what you want, but you've got to sort of like, you know, be nice to that person or to to achieve what you need. It's a case of just going, who cares? I know, like, and I honestly don't want to look at my life in 20 years' time and think anything other than you gave that a go. Whether I didn't achieve anything that I went for, even if I achieved one thing, I truly believe there's like so much more that will happen in my life because since coming out of the pandemic, my mindset has changed in the way which I'm so thankful for. There was a point in the pandemic where I became very anxious. Mm. I never really, I struggled struggled with anxiety a little bit, but not too much. I became very anxious. And there was a moment when I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to work. Wow. The thought of going back to work was so scary. And no, I told a couple of people who knew about it, but the battle with inside my head was a complete battle between me and my brain. And it became a point of me going, okay, mate, my brain was going, you'll be safer if you don't go in because you won't mess up. And then actually debated that, thinking, okay, fine, maybe that's the case. I've, I've had fun. I opened it for a year and a half. I've got some good reviews. Like People sort of know what I'm doing now. And then it became a point of going, fuck that. Yeah. Don't you dare. Yeah. Because this is all up there, you know, it's all up there and it's just another thing which you have to train to do and it was a case of me going, I went out and I ran and I did the right things, I listened to podcasts, I ate the right stuff for a month and whatever and just retrained my brain to come into it in that first day of rehearsal, the second I said the lines and I and I did, I met everybody else and we did the first scene, my body went, like, you're meant to do this, you know what I mean? Mm. You're meant to do this. So that month of worrying 
it's not worth it. And that's not saying that I'll never worry again, because of course we will. I've got that in me. And we, I don't know whether you two are overthinkers or worries or whatever, but, yeah, for sure. you know, like, that will happen. But I don't, th- I think that was probably the toughest time in my life. So any sort of advice I could give to anybody in the future is if you are in that moment, you might be in that moment now. Like, right this second, you might be going, everything is a problem. Everything, I can't see, I can't get over this. You will. You have to. There's no other option. Take Look like evaluate everything that you've got in front of you and go all of that because of that one thought. It's ridiculous, really. Mm. You know, and anxiety isn't as easy as going just park that. It comes in different ways. I didn't really want this to get onto anxiety, but I think it's a point of. Well, you you were saying fuck it, and I love that. Seriously, fuck it though. You know, yeah, like yeah. I have I, like fuck it, fuck it. Like and I, there's all my thing is like fuck everyone, but I can't ever say that because <laughs> yeah. I mean that in the nice way. I know what you. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Context, just yeah. just like seriously, the world is everyone's. Yeah. Like just go and get it. It reminds me of this is going to sound so cheesy, but it reminds me of Dell saying who dares wins. Right. Do you it's know? Like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We get it, mate. You're a fan. Right? <laughs> relax. <laughs> just just relax. All right. And it is a case. Fan <laughs> I don't know, man. You know. I think you have to have that ruthlessness just to succeed in any shape or form. Just fucking go for it. Fuck me. I love it. There's so many that, that oh, I, I know so many, but there's so many out there that don't. And yeah, I know. Unfortunately, they're, they're not gonna. Yeah. But this is why we want to do what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, man. Try and get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punch through that. Well, I want to acknowledge you. Firstly, mm. thank you. This has been honestly, it's been probably one of my favorite me interviews. Too. That we've done. Me too. Thank you. Um, I think because I can relate to you so much as a bloke and as a person. Yeah. You're 27 years old. We're all quite... How old are you? 26, yeah. 26. 27 20, in just a 27. Days. Yeah. Really? Um, okay, yeah. Joining the club too. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. But I, I can just... It, it just feels like... I understand that we're, everyone's on their different career path and whatnot, but we're all so the same. Right. You know, in so many levels. All of us. So yeah. to be able to sit down with you, it's been a, a, an awesome opportunity. I can't thank you enough. No. Thank you both so much. It's I really, really enjoyed that. Mate, it's been a... It's been an honour. A couple of things. Yeah. Firstly, for those in the London area, yeah. I know this is most people know how to get tickets, but yeah. how do you get tickets to see you and, and give yourself a personal shout-out on, on your socials? All oh, right. So uh, if you want to come watch a show, it's at the Theatre or Haymarket. You can get tickets on the website or cheap tickets on a thing called Ticks Today, which is a good shout-out. Oh, and you can shout-out. catch me on my socials, which are... My socials are... What are they? Um, <laughs> we don't... We, we've done this a bit. We don't let the guests know what we're going to ask them at the end. They're like, fuck, what's No, right. I think my Twitter is Ryan Hutton 27 where I'm more active, and my Instagram is Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> it's um, just Ryan Hutton underscore. We'll put yeah. that in the notes. And, mate, to farewell this podcast, yeah. give us a couple of lines. Okay, yeah, uh, right. So, um, <clears throat> oh, terrific deal. I mean, bloody hell, deal. I can't do it well. I just imagine time my hands. You know, I'm not even supposed to be here, Dill. Thank you, boys. Terrific. Oh, I love it. Thank you, mate. 
Dee, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, Dee? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.